NRD. It's draft day. We are the Colt Stove Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Merriman. Uh, sitting, I, w- I wish we were together in Montreal. We should be. Unfortunately, we're not. I'm in Austin, Texas. You are in the rumor cave still. I am. Do they have, do they, they just, I imagine a room full of TVs like you have, you have like the Elliot Friedman feed, you have the Gary Bettman feed, you have just all, all of these, these moving parts that Gary Bettman and, and you uh, get to watch all day as he, um, how do I put it? As he kind of puppeteers the draft, maybe gives the New York Rangers the number one pick kind of stuff. I don't know what, what yeah, happens. A lot of st- he might have already had a call with uh, a, a certain Russian GM who apparently the Sabres have already picked. So We'll see. I mean, there are many <laughs> closed-circuit televisions where I'm at right now watching the happenings of what's going on in one Bell Center in Montreal for the NHL draft. So should be fun. I should be pretty clued in this year. we got a bunch of TVs going, me and Gary. We're cooking it up. There you go. I, I'm excited, NRD. This is going to be a little bit of a different cold stove. We're not, there's not really a rundown today, per se. Uh, we're going to play sort of armchair GM a little bit. We're not going to try to build out rosters, but we're going to go through the draft order uh, and try to get to all 32 teams, even though some don't have a first-round pick, and just kind of say, hey, what do we think here? What do we like over the next couple of weeks, priorities, et cetera? Um, so with that being said, NRD, you want to jump right in as as GM of the – Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, I'm ready to go. You're on Let's the clock? Go. I'm on the clock. All right. What do you think they do at one, and uh, what is up next for them as the offseason kind of gets closer here, right, as, as it progresses? What I think they're going to do at one is take Urej Slavkovsky. I don't believe Shane Wright's going to be the first overall pick in the draft. I could be wrong, but... From the limited that I know, because Jeff Gordon was a guy who kept things very close to vest in New York. He's doing it again in uh, Montreal. Um, I, I do think Slav- uh, Slavkovsky has a great chance of being the first overall pick in this draft. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Kent Hughes, a guy who's very familiar with the U.S. development program. And he got a prospect in Logan Cooley. Many are saying kid probably had a shot at being the top guy in this draft if he had longer you know, he had long last two years without COVID and everything where he got more chances to be seen. So I don't know if Shane Wright's going to be the first overall pick. If I'm on the clock right now in Montreal, I'm going Slavkovsky. So, okay. So I've heard Slavkovsky one. I've heard him two. I've heard him four. I've heard Cooley up there. Is this, is this just one of those things where they're going to get up, call Shane Wright's name, and everybody's going to be like, okay, everything else is kind of like just keeping smoke screens and whatnot. Like, or is Slavkovsky the is he the real deal here? I I like the kid. I, I've been saying long for the past you know three or four weeks that New Jersey should stick it to if the right deal doesn't come to fruition and take Slavkovsky if Wright goes number one because he's a hell of a prospect. I, you know he's going to need some seasoning. The charts don't lie. The charts don't look great in Slavkovsky's favor for the long term outlook. But things change. You have to understand, too, these kids are 19, 20 years old, 18 years old. They don't necessarily develop. I mean, you look at I, – I, I liken it to, like, look at the Rangers in that kid line, right? They're all so young, and mm-hmm. everybody was ready to write them off. And then they had a really strong NHL playoff. And, and now it's like, all right, Lafreniere is cooking with gas. Hedo looks like he could potentially be a top six forward. So it, it's not fair to the kid, Slavkovsky, I'm saying, to – Instantly say, oh, his charts don't look great. His numbers don't look great. He's not going to be what we think he's going to be. I think he's got all the physical tools and the intangible traits to be a good player in this league. 
you know, I think he's the real deal. Does New Jersey? We'll see. There's a lot of smoke this time of year, and it's always caught. You know, you always have to be cautious when you think about, you know, what's being thrown out there, the information that is. But, you know, I would do it. I think New Jersey, uh, I think Montreal is in need of a desperate shakeup. They have Nick Suzuki up front. They have guys that can hold the fort down in the center position. Slavkovsky on the wing and Caulfield on the other side. You got a bigger guy and then a guy who could just score goals. I'm not opposed to it. Interesting. Okay. So that's what Montreal uh, does. Are Josh Anderson and or jo- uh, Petrie on your team come, I don't know, the start of the season? Uh, Petrie, no. I, I don't know about Anderson because Anderson's a really interesting player. For a guy that's severely underachieved in his career, he's getting a ton of interest around the league. The Islanders were really kicking around there. They potentially had the 13th overall pick in play. Um, Ottawa's interested. They have number seven. I don't think seven for Anderson is a fair trade for Ottawa. I think a little bit more needs to be coming from Montreal. But they're interested. I know New Jersey kicked around those tires. Columbus thought about a reunion with Josh Anderson. A lot of interest in a guy that, you know, like I said, severely underachieved in his career, but there's a chance that he moves tonight. Interesting. Let's go to New Jersey, NRD. I am on the clock. And do you uh, do you agree with me that that uh, number two is very much in play in a trade tonight? Uh, yeah, I think number two is in play depending on how the board shakes out, right? I, I think if Slavkovsky's there, New Jersey can go that direction. I think that if they want to go the defensive route, they could take Nemec, um and I, yeah. that's, that's where, by the okay. way, not to, to spoil my pick, I'm, I'm taking yeah, Simon sitting there I, taking I think Nemec. New Jersey, yeah, exactly. I think he's the best player on their board. Um, and maybe outside of Slavkovsky, the sort of the most NHL ready player in Slavkovsky. But I think if New Jersey does not trade that pick, which I'd like to see, maybe, um, oh, I don't know, Chicago Blackhawks situation. I'm picking Nemec at two. Uh, so Slavkovsky won Nemec two. And then... I would love to trade Jesper Brat to the Sabers. Uh, just no bias there. I think that's just a good trade partner. Yeah, no. For I agree. <laughs> as the as the Devils. Champ. Yeah, no. Listen, I, I think that there are options with the Devils too. Now, with Shane Wright sitting there, what do you do? Everybody thought Shane Wright was the number one guy in this draft. Do you draft her value there, and then oh my God, we got Shane Wright at two, or do you say, hey, we have enough centers, we don't know what to do with them. We got Hughes, we got you know. Nico Hiche, we're still trying to figure out what's going on with Pavel Zaka. Do we trade that pick to a team that wants to come up and take Hughes? Or like you said, a Chicago with an Alex Debrinkit, a hello, knock-knock Calgary with Matthew Kachuk. We don't know what's going on there. Um, two's a valuable pick for a team that could use another center in Calgary. So I think it all depends on what Montreal does at one. I know it's really cliche to say the dominoes, but I think that that's what happens. I love it. I traded so... I should have I should have done this, but I picked Simon Nemec. But but now you are on now on the clock. Uh, you are number three, NRD, with the uh, with the Arizona Coyotes, the future Austin Coyotes. Yeah, I, you take Logan Cooley. He's a great center. I think he played. I think he could be the best player in this draft when it's all said and done. I like the you know the long term outlook of this kid. A lot of talk about in the other day about Chikrin maybe being on the move again. From what I heard, Bill Armstrong is starting to settle into the fact that, hey, we need to sell tickets here in Tempe. Um, we bring in a young kid like Logan Cooley. Having a guy that's a great defender in this league and Jacob Chikrin does not hurt that. Um, he's cost-controlled. He's not hurting our cat figure. Like I said, we need to sell tickets. We need to bring excitement to this organization. 
it's hard to stomach trading a guy like Jacob Chikrin unless the package is A1 premium. And the further and further we go into the draft tonight, the less and less those picks have value. We saw it last year with the, you know, I hate to do it to you, but we saw it last year with the Sam Reinhart trade um, on the draft floor. Like the further and further we go down the board, the more and more those picks diminish in value. So if it doesn't happen now, I don't think it's going to happen with Jacob Chikrin. Very much agreed. I, I know, I think it was Cervalli who he was talking. He was Chikrin's basically saying, hey, like, I, I don't want to do this. You know, if, if I'm just going to be kicked around in trade talks all year, I love living in, in Arizona. I love being close to Scottsdale. Like, Chikrin's sort of like, give, give, me the, give me the plan at the very least. So if he doesn't move and they stay put there, I think Cooley is a good pick. I am now on the clock as, the, uh, as Ronnie Francis and the Seattle Kraken. This this draft has worked out perfectly for me, right? I mean, it's I have who probably consensus number one overall pick. He's sitting right there. I'm bringing Shane right in uh, to to sort of be the next, the, probably the most exciting player in uh, you know cracking history. You know, in a way that you know you have Matty Beniers in the in the in the wings here, but they need offense. I mean, they need a lot of things too. They need a goalie, they need defense, et cetera. But I think if you get Shane Wright and Ron Francis, you sprint up to that podium, you do not collect $200, you do not pass go, you just, I'm there. I don't care who calls me unless Buffalo's offering, you know, 9 and 16 or Columbus is offering 6 and 12 because they're obsessed with Shane Wright or something like that. But I think... This has fallen perfectly for Seattle. Um, as far as what you do next, you got a couple RFAs. You got to do Morgan Geeky and a Carson Coleman, maybe a Ryan Donato if you like. If you want to bring him back, and they got money uh, to spend. I mean, they, there's guys out course. there, right? Like Chris Letang is not officially locked up in Pittsburgh. Things seem to be heading that way, but it's not done yet. And you got Johnny Gaudreau who's going to hit the market. You got Phil Forsberg who might hit the market. Vladimir Tarasenko's back in the trade rumor pile again. So. They have money to do something if Ron Francis wants to get a little frisky. We'll see. I think he does want to get frisky, but I think taking Shane Wright or having the ability to take Shane Wright sort of takes that friskiness mm -hmm. out of it. Um, NRD, you are on the clock as the Philadelphia oh, Flyers. What uh, what hap yeah, What happens here? You know, there's a couple of good prospects on the board right now. I'm going to go with the other defenseman, your check. From uh, from the Czech Republic or Yurisek, I don't know how to pronounce the name, but that's who I go with here. I had a lot of talk about what they're going to do. Yes, they need forward talent. Yes, they're involved in Debrinket. Yes, they're involved in Johnny Gaudreau. Maybe Matthew Kachuk. We'll see what goes on there. But to me, the bigger issue that maybe is not as talked about, maybe it is. I'm not you know totally involved in the flyer circles, but the bigger issue that doesn't seem to get talked about at a national level is Ryan Ellis may never play a game again in the NHL. Who knows? He's going to start the year on LTIR. You need another defenseman. You've put all your eggs in the Ivan Provorov basket, and Travis Sanheim's still there as well. You need another defenseman in addition to Cam York. Otherwise, the cupboards are pretty bare. I take your check here. I don't look back. I know there's, you know, Cutter Gauthier and a couple other guys there. There's the, the Finnish winger, Kemil, that's there as well. But you have to do what's best for the, out, the long term outlook of the club. And I'm not convinced that they have the right pieces on the blue line, especially after they went out, acquired Ellis last year, and he might not play. It's interesting I mean, stuff. It's It's just it's one of those things like Chuck Fletcher has to make a decision. He could easily move this pick in Bobby Brink, as we talked about last week on the show, 
for Alex to break it. And then we don't even have to have this conversation right now because that pick belongs to Chicago Blackhawks. You know, Pierre Lebrun said things were getting a little cold there. Frank Saravalli said things are still hot. I lie somewhere in the middle. I was told, I mean, things have gone radio silent. I tweeted this this morning about the Flyers. I haven't heard, you know, from a Flyer source in the last 24 hours. But before that, it was, listen, Chuck Fletcher's extremely interested in Alex Dabrinkit. It's five and Bobby Brink plus. Maybe Cam York gets thrown in the mix there. Maybe if five's not in play, maybe it's a Travis Konechny. We'll see what happens. But I don't think the Flyers are cold on Alex Dabrinkit. Let's put it that way. I think this is all the smoke game and how it, you know, ebbs and flows right before the draft. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Do you uh, do you end up with Johnny Goudreau this summer? No. I think Johnny Goudreau ends up in New Jersey still. Oh, okay. Uh, I am now on the clock as the Columbus Blue Jackets NRD, and what I'm going to do is trade this pick. I was hoping one of the uh, one of the two defensemen was going to fall to me at six uh, because I'm Yarmo Kekalainen and. I think one of uh, one of the Russian players is going to fall into a much more beneficial spot. I'm moving back. I'm moving way back. Uh, let's let's call it Chicago, who obviously wants to jump in. Um, and Chicago, if I am them, is going to select Cutter Gauthier, yeah. one of the, one of the more NHL ready, uh, bigger guys. The only thing that concerns me with Gauthier is is he benefiting from playing against guys who are physically not as mature right, as he's 6'4". Right. So he's a big dude. He plays a power forward game, which by all accounts works. And right, like it's a Chicago sort of guy. Uh, but he's been doing it against kids. It's, you know, I, I would like to see him play another year in sort of a men's league. If you want to put him in the AHL because he's physically ready, perfect, and see how he performs. Um, but that's sort of like, I, I'm going to say high floor, low ceiling pick in a way, because you know what you have physically already. And now sort of all you can develop from there is intangibles. He's already got the, he's already got sort of a men's game, but he's been playing against kids. So I think it works out for both teams. I don't know what Chicago sends. Uh, I, I don't think it would be a Dabrinkit at for six to Columbus, but uh, but Chicago goes goes up and takes Cutter Gauthier, which puts you on the clock, NRD, as the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, I think this pick gets traded. I, I don't know specifically where. I know they're interested in Dabrinkit, but my only thing with that is if you have the New Jerseys and the Philadelphia Flyers of the world involved in the Dabrinkit talks, you might price yourself out of to bring it only because they just have more ammo, right? New Jersey's prospect pool is deeper. And then in Philly's case, they have the more premium pick. So I don't know if Ottawa is going to be able to, to match those two teams in an arms race for Alex to bring it. That being said, if we do sit here, you know, I, I don't know if I love what Ottawa has up the middle. And that's, that's why we're talking about Claude Giroux potentially being a fit there in Ottawa when free agency opens. I know Pierre Lebrun tweeted that right before we started recording. Mm-hmm. So, do we hedge on that because Giroux's getting up there in age to take a center? I think so. I take Savoy here, Matthew Savoy. And this or Savoy, I love Savoy that pick. in this spot. You know, he's a center. I think he's pretty damn close to being NHL ready. He's got the bloodlines there. And I think that you need to hedge on your center of the future. You have uh, Kachuk there. Hell of a player. Your captain. Probably going to be there for the next 10 years, 11 years. But 
you need that center to play with him. And Savoy is that center to me. Love that pick. I think he's getting, you know, he's getting the size thing. And it happens every year. And I just don't, I, there's somebody tweeted a good chart. Um, forgive me for not crediting here, but somebody tweeted like inches under six feet or over six feet and performing like performance above expected for under and over six feet. And the guys that are under six, like five, eight to five, 11 consistently outperform like expectations between like six, one and six, four. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And it's even more pronounced for defensemen, which I think is interesting. Like, the common, the common you know, yeah. conception would be, hey, he's 6'4", he's a big dude, he's going to be a great defenseman, right? Like, that's just dinosaur thinking, and unfortunately, there's still a lot of dinosaurs making these decisions. Rasmus Ristolainen is big, though, and he's a good defenseman, so. Uh, he's the most physical, physical guy in the world. Game Rasmus seven, Rasmus. Uh, we are now at pick number eight. The Detroit Red Wings own it, and I, I love this pick. Because it's going to – I hate making it based on the, the Sabres having the next pick. Would No, I'm the GM. I'm doing it. I'm going Frank Nazar to the Detroit Red Wings because I think that just – can't you see the, like, the name Nazar on the back of a, of a Detroit jersey? I, listen. Just playing there for 12 years. I like, can. Absolute stuff. I stunt. can. I just don't think that Detroit makes this pick. Oh, another trade is what you're saying. So right before we went live, I tweeted it. Okay. But the more I think about it, it really makes sense. Stevie Y with a deep prospect pool and a showmanship for the bizarre and the out there or the, the surprise. Um, Matthew Kachuk sitting there in Calgary. And Calgary oh. doesn't necessarily want to move Kachuk. They'd love to keep both him and Gaudreau if it were up to them, but unfortunately it's not probably physically possible um, to do so. Mm -hmm. If you move eight, you dip into that deep prospect pool that Stevie Y has, and you go get yourself Matthew Kachuk to pair up with what you have there that you're building, right? Dylan Larkin's got one year left on his deal. Maybe you recoup some more assets from him at the deadline this year if you're out of it, but you have Kachuk for the next eight years in the fold. You have... Lucas Raymond there is going to continue to get better. Mo Sider on the blue line, your reigning Calder champion, and probably should have had some more Norris votes than he did. Um, you know, you're cooking with something there. You got Bertuzzi and Kachuk, two pains in the asses to play with, and that's a Stevie Y guy. That's a Stevie Y team to me. So no doubt about I agree it. with I... you. Look, listen, Nashville's a great pick, and chances are they're probably going to make the choice here. But, you know, I wouldn't put it past Stevie Y. Everybody's like, what's Eisenman up to? What's he doing? Well, you have a really good young talent in Calgary who might be on the outside looking in, depending on how things finish up there, you know, going into free agency. I wouldn't be surprised. What I hope happens, and that's why I was hesitating here, is I hope they take the the Swedish kid, uh, Marco Casper, who a lot of people are basically mocking there mm -hmm. already basically saying that some something has, has leaked out saying that Casper is sort of the pick there for Detroit if they don't move it, if they stay put, um, because that would leave you on the clock with the Buffalo Sabres NRD and Frank Nazar sitting right there. I know they love him, and that would be, by all accounts, what happens. But now he's off the board, and you have the pick, so where are you going as so, the Kevin Adams GM I'm going to do year? something very honorable here. I am going wow, to okay. trade this pick 
to you, Brett. <laughs> Four I'm trades in a row. To you, Brett, because I know you want to. Oh, make. okay. I'm fine with reversing the order here. We'll go snake draft from here. Because Perfect. I know you want to make this pick. I know you have some information that you're sitting on with the Sabers, and I think I think it's only right and it's only fitting that Brett Merriman is the GM of the Buffalo Sabers. Well, thank you, NRD. I appreciate that. That's very nice of you. I do have information. This is coming from uh, two sources, actually. So it was one that kind of gave me the info, and then I checked it out with another one. And the, what the news is is that the Sabers, as of right this second, are going to stay put and take all three picks in the first round. Um, you know, I'm sure they're listening. I'm sure people call. I'm, you know, it's it's they have ammo if they want to move up and love somebody at two or three or four, you know, like that kind of deal. But as of right now, the plan is to make all three picks in the first round. Now, do I agree with that? I don't think so. I don't think that should be locked in at this point based on all of these trade pieces that are out there, like nine and 16, they're not one and three. So is that a DeBrinket situation? Probably not. But is that a Jesper Brat situation in New Jersey? Absolutely. Is that a, a, a Anthony Beauvillier situation? Absolutely. Is that a Pugliarvi situation? Absolutely. And if you want to add like veteran scoring forwards, those are three unbelievable options. If you want to look elsewhere... You know, do you do you call Lou? I know they like Varlamov. Do you see if Varlamov is, is going to split and you go Anderson Varlamov for a year or two? I don't know. Maybe. Um, but I, I think staying put and not going out to try to find something, um, especially with 16 and, and 28, if you can package those two for a player right now, and you, we've seen weird values on players overall. Um, so I, I, I just don't get sitting there and, and, you know, maybe in five years they'll make me look stupid for saying that. But I do think more draft picks should be in play. I don't think necessarily, like, if, if Nazar's there at nine, stay put, grab him. Um, but if they take who I'm going to take, Marco Casper, then maybe you think, okay, 16, I'm, I'm not sure. I don't love any of the defensemen that are there. Like, it's it's Korczynski and Pickering, like guys that are sort of artificially inflated this year because the, the D. Uh, it's a weaker the, class for the, defensemen. The first, yeah, it's a weaker defenseman class. Um, and so that's where you maybe use your draft capital. And don't forget, you have pick 41 too. Like, that's not a, uh, you know, that's, that's not no, nothing, not. right? Like, that's that's a high second round pick, so if I'm Buffalo here uh, in this situation, I'm taking Marco Casper. But uh, I think pitch should be on the board. I'd like to see a trade, especially uh, with next year's class. Maybe that's where you kind of get creative with it. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, so thank you, NRD, for gifting me the uh, the Buffalo Sabers pick there. But I'm you not gonna let you off clock. the hook that easy, Buffalo. I'm gonna ask you one more. Okay. Thing because we'll talk about sure. kind of parlay into when we talk about the Florida Panthers. But they have a couple of irons in the fire, if you will, right now. And one of them is shopping Bobrovsky around the league. If you're Buffalo and you need to spend Ooh, to the okay. cap floor and you need a goaltender as well. And you can, theoretically, you can afford Bobrovsky. Um, there's no doubt about it. And it doesn't really hurt your bottom line to spend either because Buffalo is not a team that spends up to the cap right now. Is Bobrovsky of any interest to you? 
No, here's why. There's a goalie at Northeastern right now that, uh, I'll put it this way, the organization is very excited about him signing with the Buffalo Sabres next year. Wink, wink. Uh, he, he basically has a job lined up. Like there's very little buzz in Rochester about this goalie playing there because it doesn't seem like he'll be playing there for very long, no, if you know what I'm saying. So they, they like Levi enough to sort of say, we're not going to put somebody in his way that's not on a year or two-year deal type of thing. Bobrovsky's under contract at $10 million a year until the summer of 26. With Spencer Knight there, uh, he's going to get a big deal. I agree with you that they're going to need to trade him. I think it happens next summer with Bobrovsky, uh, but we'll see. But no, uh, in Buffalo, I'm not interested. It looks like they're they're playing the same game with goaltenders this year in Buffalo. I'll put it that way. Um, which is uh, fr- it's frustrating based on the team they could they could ice in front of a goaltender. If they even got average goaltending, you'd be looking at a, a border not you know borderline playoff team. Because if you if yeah. you put ten more wins on the board, that's twenty points, and all of a sudden, yeah, you're you're in business here. So we'll see. But I don't think no, I don't think they make a big goalie splash, uh, and. It doesn't sound like they're going to trade picks, so Buffalo just rolling with it like they always do in RD. So that puts you on the clock in Anaheim. It does put me on the clock in Anaheim. You know, before we talk about the pick, I do think there's a good shot that Josh Manson ends up back in Anaheim. Oh, interesting. um, If he doesn't re-sign in Colorado. Anaheim's a weird team. So So I did a Rangers podcast last night that'll be out. Did a guest spot on a Rangers podcast. It'll be out this week coming up. And we talked a little bit about Colorado's chances of repeating and then who would be the, you know, they're the favorites next year. And then who would be the dark horse or the sleeper or the real upset to win a Stanley Cup. And one of the teams I mentioned was the Anaheim Ducks. I mean, they're ascending at the right time. We know about Zegers and Drysdale. You have McTavish, who's going to be ready to play a full NHL season and, you know, Mason McTavish. If they bring back a guy like Manson and Gibson puts it all together, I'm just saying, like, don't count out them to make some sneaky moves this year. Maybe a team that's interested in Claude Giroux if you want to get Claude Giroux out to the West Coast because they could use the center help. They can use a veteran there. They lose Ryan Getzloff in the locker room. Um, he obviously ends up retiring. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised or maybe even, you know, not as good as Claude Giroux at this point in his career, but a Corey Perry return perhaps. Just a, a veteran presence on the, you know, down the middle there in Anaheim that I could see them making moves there. So Manson and their centers, I could see them doing. As far as the pick here, you know, Savoy would have been a perfect pick for the Anaheim Ducks, in my opinion. He's not there. I know, yes, two undersized centers in Zegers and Savoy, but I would have been fine with doing it. Nazar's off the board, too. You know, the consensus pick that's available. So you took, if I'm not mistaken, Marco Casper. That's one, correct. Right? Yep. Correct. Yeah, I mean, I like Lakramaki, the, the, the Finnish kid or the Swedish kid. Um, you know, I think he's from Finland playing in Sweden. If I'm not 100% sure, mm-hmm. I might have that right. I might have that wrong. He's where, you know, you could use wingers. I think Anaheim is hurting on the winger depth right now. McTavish is going to come in. He could play both the wing and the pivot. Zegers is more of a center. I'm going to playmaker. 
Get me a guy who could score goals. Get me a forward. I think Anaheim's going to be a right on the defensive side of things, especially if they re-sign Josh Manson or bring in another defenseman. Get me a winger in, in Anaheim. I think that's a good pick. I think that's a good pick. Uh, I am on the clock now as the new GM of the San Jose Sharks, Mike Greer, who mentioned they, they might have to take a couple steps back before we're moving forward here. So I could see a trade being uh, the I could see a trade being a situation here that that people uh, kind of don't expect, but could be you know could be uh, beneficial for all parties here to to pick up pieces to really tear this roster down. Now they have to do it. So it's Brent Burns, it's it's Vlasic, it's it's Eric Carlson. Like there's a lot of weird contract situations. Not the easiest team to take a hold of, uh, especially with the coaching situation. Like. Just a lot of moving parts, a lot of moving parts in San Jose. So I'd be of the of the idea that trading this pick is not a bad idea. But if they do stay, I think they're taking a guy with a little bit of time, uh, offensive player that can really rip, and and they don't need him right now. And that's Joaquin Kemmel from, uh, from Liga. I think he is just a guy that perfect sort of that William Eklund vibe, scores, shot, like offensive player, that in two or three years, plug him in with, with, with whatever team they're building right there, and and that's kind of their horizon. So Joaquin Kemmel's the pick, and NRD, you are on the clock, picking their first pick, uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets. I am. I'm sorry. I'm live tweeting as we do the podcast. Oh, that nothing always, wrong uh, with that. Both solution your train of thought. No, actually, from Emily Kaplan just now, uh, consensus over the last few days is that the Canadians will take Yaroslav Slavkovsky. Wow. So... That, you know, that's what I heard, too. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see it. Obviously, nothing's done until it's done, and that's only one person's word. Um, but that's why I did it in this draft. So there you go. There's your live reaction on there. Columbus's second pick here. But, you know, in, in, they did trade the – well, in our in our scenario, they traded the first one. So their first pick. In our, yeah, correct. So they did trade the first one in our scenario. Um, they're sitting here. They didn't take a defenseman then. I think they take a defenseman now. Korchinski's still on the board. Um Offensive defensemen can never have too many of them. They acquired Bovequist from, you know, in that Seth Jones deal. They just signed Bovequist to an extension. I think like a four-year extension or something like that, mm-hmm. or three-year extension. So good for them. I think you can never hurt, especially if they're a team that was looking at Jacob Chikrin, right? That they need, that they want that offensive defenseman. And if that's not going to come to fruition, go draft yourself one in Kevin Korchinski here. I like it. I like it. I think Korchinski, that's sort of his like 12-ish, unless somebody gets really, like really, really desperate. I think 12 is sort of his height, maybe maybe 11 or 10. Um, but like the kid, I think he's going to be a good player, just not in the same class as Juracek or Nemec. Um, that puts me on the clock with the New York Islanders NRD. Um, don't really know what Lou does here. Don't really know what he's doing overall. I don't know if you have any insight, perhaps, in, in whether they, you know, what what this next step in the organization looks like with Lane Lambert. Um, so if, if you are my assistant GM, what do you, what do you recommend here in this spot? So a lot of talk about them being one of the more active teams. Uh, Bruce Garacha, the son, uh, Garacha, the, the Ottawa son, I should say, talked about them being one of the most active teams this morning looking to move that pick. They can use the talent up front. I don't doubt it. I just think it's easier to find that talent in the free agency pool. Especially, you know, listen, we know Lou is secretive and we know Lou is not cheap, but he's pretty strategic about how he goes about things. 
but he was ready to shell over 11.64 million to Artemi Panarin. So mm-hmm. he can do those things. Now, if Johnny Gaudreau hits there, and we're all talking about New Jersey, and I still believe he does end up as a New Jersey devil, but, you know, he could shock people, Lou, and go after Gaudreau hard and shell out that cash, or Philip Forsberg, or, hey, there's a guy in Vladimir Tarasenko that still wants out of St. Louis. And we talk about, you know, potentially moving that pick for an NHL forward that can score goals for the Islanders. Josh Anderson, we talked about him a little bit and them having interest there. Maybe he's not the guy. Maybe it's Vladimir Tarasenko. A little bit older. But if you're ready to run this back with a new coach behind the bench in this Islanders club and you think that you can compete again this year, you know, he might be your guy. I don't Vladimir Tarasenko. Yeah, I don't hate that. I don't hate that. I I do think at at some point they're going to have to bolster their prospect pool. So I could I could see this pick being traded back for a couple picks, like a you know a, a late first rounder, or a second rounder, or two. Like if Arizona really likes somebody, they're like, hey, we want to get in and get uh, get a majority or get like we're gonna take a shot on Lambert. I think that's that may happen, and they want to give the Islanders some more ammo to to just put some prospects in their pool, which they they have very few. But I think. I think here it's it's one of those that going to be off the board a little bit, um, and I think it just kind of feels like a player that Lamarilla would fall in love with if they are going to pick here, knowing he's not going to be around. He doesn't really care about rankings, so that's why I'm going Connor Geeky out of the Winnipeg Ice of the WHL. I think Connor Geeky. There's kind of just like a a big WHL player, he already knows the man's game a little bit playing out West. That's a Lou Lamorello guy. Um, and at this point, you're you're getting to the getting to a tier where from 12 or 13 or 14 to to 30, you know, there we're we're splitting hairs on these guys. Yeah, throw a dart. Right. Yeah. So I think Lamorello I think that's gonna convey throughout the rest of this episode. I mean it's hard to predict that. The only other guy I could see, just because Lou Lamorello is really weird like that, mm-hmm. kind of like you said. What about uh, Uncle Lane's nephew, Brad Lambert? Well, that was between those two in my in my head, and I think yeah. Lamorello would he would prefer less of a project than a than a a big kid from the WHL, yeah, and so that's where that's was the tipping line. But mm-hmm. that would leave you on the clock at fourteen with the Winnipeg Jets NRD. Winnipeg Jets. Well, Winnipeg Jets have a lot to figure out here. They certainly um, do. In the direction. I didn't see Bonus coming. I thought Bonus was retired from coaching, to be quite honest with you, mm-hmm. when he stepped away from, from Dallas. And that was that was always the, the rumor, the talk that we had reported on on this show and many others have had throughout the season was that at the end of this year, Bonus was going to ride off into the sunset. And he did. He stepped down. They didn't fire him. Um, maybe it was to give him the cur- common courtesy of you know stepping down, but... He stepped down from that position. I thought he was done coaching. Originally, so um, the the Athletic reported originally that Bonus was approached for an assistant coach role, potentially even on Barry Trotz's staff or theoretical staff in, in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. And then when Trotz was out and they pivoted, you know, Bonus had an opportunity to head coach the Winnipeg Jets, a team that he started playing for way back when. So full circle for, for Rick Bonus was an original Winnipeg Jet in the WHA. Comes full circle. He's now the head coach of the Winnipeg Jets again in the National Hockey League. So good for him. 
the direction of that team, you have Pierre-Luc Dubois as an RFA who's going to hit UFA status, and the organization is aware of his plans. You got Mark Scheifele with another year or two left on his deal. You're going to have to figure out whether he wants to be there for the long haul or, you you know, trade him now because, honestly, his $5.5 million that he's making or something like that or $6.5 million that he's getting this year of great value to a team that can use a second-line center like the New York Rangers. So maybe you, you entertain that. Connor Hellebuck doesn't want to be there if they're going to lose for the next five or six years, similar to John Gibson in Anaheim. So we'll see what Connor Hellebuck's up to. A lot of question marks. I think you need to restock the prospect pool. You moved out Andrew Kopp. You got another first from the New York Rangers this year. You got a third-round pick next year, or third-round pick this year as well, I should say. And with this pick, honestly, we talked about Lambert not going to the Islanders. I like Lambert here. There you go. Brad Lambert, the project going to Winnipeg. Uh, some would say he possesses as much talent as literally anybody in this draft. It's just about putting it together. And he's and he's in Finland right now. And his oh, Canadian Hockey League rights were just picked up by a team in the WHL. So he's going to be out that way anyway. There you go. Uh, we have the Vancouver Canucks, who are one of the more interesting teams of this offseason. So before I make the pick, NRD, what is the latest on JT Miller in Vancouver? So everybody's asking what's the deal with this, you know, Merrick report about potentially Kako and more going for JT Miller. And then there was another report this morning of an offer of, you know, the the Capitals offering McMichael, uh, Hendricks LaPierre and a first for JT Miller and the Rangers offering Krapsoff, Lundqvist and a first for JT Miller. I'm... Consider me still out on the JT Miller to the New York Rangers camp. I mean, from a pure rental standpoint, does he help the team? Marginally. I mean, he's somewhat of an upgrade over Filipino. I don't think Filipino's a center and you can use one of them. But he doesn't win faceoffs at a proper clip that would make you say, oh my God, we need this guy you know, down the middle. And that was what the Rangers struggled with in the playoffs. Add that on to the fact that they simply can't afford to extend this guy for seven or eight years. I mean, they're going to have to pay Lafreniere, especially if if Lafreniere plays like he did in the playoffs, they're going to have to pay Lafreniere. Um, And they're going to have to pay Keandre Miller too, who's, you know, right before our eyes, turning into one of the great shutdown defensemen, much in the alignment of like an Adam Pellick, you know, that they have on the island. So you have to pay those two guys. You can't afford a JT Miller. So unless you, Chris Jury really is saying this is our year and JT Miller's the missing piece, I just still don't see it. I really don't for the Rangers. For the Capitals, makes a ton of sense. Nick Backstrom, maybe he's going to play again, maybe not. I know another the other day reports came out that he probably will be back at some point. Maybe a Nikita Kucherov light situation where the Capitals were able to stash Backstrom all the way until the playoffs on LTIR and then acquire a guy like a, you know, a JT Miller or maybe sign an Evgeny Malkin. So I think Miller to the Capitals makes a lot more sense here than the Rangers, um, especially with the long-term outlook involved in it. But I don't think JT Miller is going to be Vancouver Canuck after next year. There's a great possibility the Canucks hold on to him. He's still got another year on his deal. I mean, he's not going to hold out. He's going to play. He's going to try to earn more money in every penny that he can. And Brian Bartlett's a smart agent. He's going to allow him to do so. I, I just don't see it with the New York Rangers. We shall see. Uh, I do think Vancouver gets gets involved and gets involved quickly. I think they need something for the fans just to kind of chew on there. That it, It's just a lot of talk, not a lot of action. Connor Garland, we've talked about. JT Miller, we've talked about. Bo Horvat only has one more year. I think he's the guy that they're going to say, yeah, we're, we're going to pay you. Um, 
Pedersen obviously has his situations, and and they just extended Besser. So maybe that's sort of the move they made to to get the uh, the crowd away from the gate, if you will. But if they stay with this pick, I'm gonna go to uh, I'm gonna go with a guy that they've been kind of connected to for a while, and that is Noah Ostland, the center uh, from the SHL. Another guy that just kind of feels like a, a Vancouver Canuck player. So that's where we're going. At, if they keep the pick, if they don't trade it um, in Vancouver, that puts you on the clock again somehow as the Buffalo Sabres GM, which, again, let me re- reiterate that probably keeping this pick too, unfortunately. I'm going to trade this pick to you again. Oh, I'm going to let you pick for the Buffalo say I know this is a passion project for you at this point, so I'm going to let you pick for the Buffalo Sabres throughout our episode. It certainly is, and this this player falls. If you're not going to get Frank Nazar, this is the second best situation. That's Rucker McGrordy, one of the best names in the draft. Uh, just all motor, all fire. Buffalo needs more of those guys. The fan base loves players like that. So if you're not going to get Nazar, uh, McGrordy's the pick here. And it, it just don't it, another one. Don't even think about it. You're going to get calls on him. I know people like him. Um, you're going to get calls to, to trade back for because you know oh, Denton Matichuk is kind of getting out of his like oh he he's starting to look more 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 uh, attractive. But uh, the pick here's McGordy. Don't overthink this one, Kevin Adams. Go get uh, basically. If you're asking me what's my dream scenario here, it's Frank Nazar at nine, Rucker McGordy at sixteen. And uh, take your pick on a Russian player at 28. Take the flyer. So that's what I'm yeah. hoping happens. I don't hate that. That puts you on the clock, NRD, with the Dallas Stars. Or excuse it me, the, uh, uh, the National Predators. Ooh, the Predators are an interesting one. So like we said, I mean, I, I'm i an honest guy. I like to think of myself as, you know, an honest reporter slash insider in this league. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to sit here and act to say that I know who the perfect fit for the National Predators are. And, and you know... I don't even think the National Predators really are looking for the perfect hit, perfect player here. I say that facetiously because their focus is bringing back Philip Forsberg if they can. Mm-hmm. I think that's your golden move of the offseason if you're Nashville. They're still off at about $1.25 million. Um, Year's not so much a problem because we know he's going to extend for eight if he does. But they're still off. And if Forsberg hits the market... Nashville takes a big hit. I mean, yes, they bring back UC Soros, who they didn't have in the playoffs. And he was a large part in why they got to the playoffs. But if they don't have Forsberg, who's going to score your goals in Nashville? I mean, Tanner Jeannot is a fantastic rookie. Was in the top half of scoring for rookies in the league. Top half in everything. Hits, penalty minutes, scoring, assists. Like, quintessential NHL player. But he's not ready to take that leap. And Eli Tolvanen wasn't the guy that you thought he was. You thought he was going to be the next, you know, finished goal scorer in this league. So what do you do if Phil Forsberg doesn't return to the Nashville Predators? I'm not really sure. And that's more, to me, that's the emphasis. That's what we talk about here, in my opinion. Because the pick, listen, the kid's going to sit in juniors for three years. And that's not to belittle anybody. It's just, I think Nashville's in dire straits if they don't bring back Phil Forsberg. Because who's going to score your goals in Nashville? Mm-hmm. I, I totally agree. I think, that's, I, I think that deal does end up getting done based on what we know, what we've heard. I do think they get there. Uh, it's going to get desperate. I think Philip Forsberg has a lot of leverage there. Um, so the pick, though, for this draft case is... Oh, I got to make a pick. Shit. Let me pull back up my big board here. <laughs> this is going to be fun. This is live radio. No, um, I like the kid Oslin from Sweden. 
Uh, he, he well, him? he just he just went to uh, Vancouver. Oh, he did go to Vancouver. Okay, so it's silly me for tweeting while I'm working. That's my problem. You have Liam Ogren, um, who is uh, an SHL. Wait, you have Ogren. You have. I, you know what? Ring me up for Ogren. Okay. I'm a big fan of the Swedes. You can't go wrong. I can't go wrong with the Swedes. Now it's getting interesting because there are some defensemen on the board, and I think Dallas cannot wait to get some new defensive blood to to mirror Miro Heiskanen up there. So I am on the clock. And I'm, I'm sprinting again to the podium, and I'm taking Pavel Mint-Yukov, the Saginaw Spirit player in Dallas. The, no, no trades. Make it easy there. Dallas wants new blood uh, on their defensive line. They also need scoring, um, no doubt, but I don't think there's a, a guy that sort of matches unless you want to take a year off um, and hope he, he works out as a Russian player. So Dallas needs scoring now. Their defense uh, set for the future. They take Mint-Yukov. NRD, you are on the clock for the Minnesota Wild. And there's no other player but Jimmy Snuggerud here. <laughs> Absolute great name. Great name. U.S. kid. You know where he's from in the United States, Brett? Where's that? The great state of Minnesota. Ah, yes. Hockey town. Or not hockey. So, excuse me. Not a whoa. State of hockey. Not hockey town. I'm sorry hockey. to all Detroit Red Wings no, fans out there. Hockey, hockey town is Denver, Colorado now. Ah, I um, see. I see. But yeah, take the Minnesota kid here. I mean, how fitting would that be? It's such a Minnesota wild move, too. Like, it doesn't matter who the general manager is there. It just seems like every year they're going to walk away with one kid from from Medina High or something like that. Oh, totally. Totally. Um, oh, man, I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what Billy Guerin does tonight. Because he he, he's, he he's going to be making phone calls, too. Uh, but that puts me on the clock as the Washington Capitals and... You know, again, with scoring here, maybe this is the first time where you see a flyer taken, um, whether that's Miroshenko, whether that's Danila Yurov. Uh, but you know what I'm going to do here? I think you're just you're looking at guys that are, are falling down the draft board. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Washington trades this pick because somebody is looking for a defenseman. Maybe Buffalo jumps up. Maybe Arizona jumps up because with they have 27 and 32, and maybe they love a guy like Denton Matichuk. So I'm going to say the pick here is Denton Matichuk, um, but it's not Washington making that pick. How's that sound? Fair with me. Perfect. Uh, NRDU are on the clock. Let's run through the last 10 or so here uh, in like 10 minutes if we can. That's Works the Pittsburgh Penguins. Pittsburgh Penguins. You know, there's there's a bunch of options. I think they got there. I mean, you're looking at like seven or eight wingers that are all grouped around this class. I mean, you got a couple of kids from Russia and Yurov. You got Isaac Howard, Rucker McGrady. You got a couple of U.S. kids there too. And your defense core, uh, relatively stable over the next couple of years too, yeah. uh, outside of Latane, right? Knowing what happens to him, but it's the it's going to be the young forwards that are sort of like, what are we doing here in Pittsburgh? Yeah, they have options. I still think that the right move would be to take the winger because I think Latang's going to be back. Um, I think he's much more likely to be back than Evgeny Malkin at this point. Maybe you retool the um, the center pool here with this pick. There aren't any centers right here. I'd go Isaac Howard. Isaac Howard, another U.S. National uh, Development Program who could have a big night by all accounts tonight. Huge night for the uh, U.S. ND and the no doubt. Uh, we have Anaheim on the clock. I forget. Did you trade this pick at some point? I think you did. But if you if you weren't to take it, you were took Lakaramaki. Okay. But Anaheim is back on the clock. 
Um, again, there, there's no – it's just one of those teams that, that needs to build. They have a lot of good players. They don't have a lot of great players. They have a lot of good prospects. They don't have a lot of great prospects. So this is just a, a pure fill-the-pool-up type of pick here. And uh, I'm going Nathan Gaucher of the Quebec Ramparts out of the queue. That's just a, a center who is going to be an NHL player. I don't know what his ceiling is, but he's a middle six center for 10 years for Anaheim and just a player that's going to thrive out there on the, in the, uh, on the West Coast. There you go. St. Louis Blues, Louis. NRD, you are up. Well, we know they're not bringing back Billy Husso, and there's a good chance Billy Husso ends up with the New Jersey Devils. Um on when does free agency open the 13th i believe yes um i should know this but yeah so i do think billy Huso ends up as a new jersey devil so we'll talk about that side of st louis here i, I take another u.s winger in mcgrawdy hey, oh he's gone he, buffalo took him oh, at 16 buffalo took him at 16 shit my board is getting blown up here <laughs> I'll, I'll go down the rankings i have Yurov, pickering chesley trikozov miroshenko jagger Furkus, yuri kulich Liam Bexell. I think they could use the help up front with the Tarasenko trade that's also looming. Give me Jagger Fergus. Yeah, that's a great name, too. A lot of good names in this draft. You know where I went wrong, Brett? I was going to, you know, break down the fourth wall for our audience. Sure. Keep this quick. I should have been highlighting these while we went through the board. Because <laughs> I have, and I'll show Brett. You guys can't see, but I'll show Brett. I have a little notepad here that I got the list of guys on. There you go. And I'm not highlighting as you make these picks. I'm just listening. Mm-hmm. I'm tripping over myself here. That's okay. Bad. That's okay. Dire you've only trades. you've only made I think two mistakes so far, and I'm working with a full mock draft software, so happy go. to help. Um, but that puts me back on the clock with the Minnesota Wild. You picked Jimmy Snuggerud. I'm going Owen Pickering, WHL kid. Who, uh, it, by the way, Ryan Chesley, also a good pick there. But I'm going Owen Pickering, who is his value is above 24, and. Uh, just, just another a, a solid pick for Billy Darren. He watched that with a first round defenseman, a first round winger, and he's he's happy. He's very happy with that. If he doesn't trade him, which he has two picks in the late first round, maybe he wants to move up because he likes the guy a lot. I could see that happening as well. Uh, NRD picking for the fan favorite Toronto Maple Leafs. Woo, go Toronto! Um, this might be the year for the Toronto Maple Leafs. We'll I'm see. hoping. I'm hoping. Maverick Lamoureux is a defenseman. He is. Who is Six foot seven. Enough said. <laughs> Maverick Lamoureux talk- from Drummondville. We just talked about big defensemen and how sometimes they are not what we think they are just because they're tall. Mm-hmm. But I look at the Toronto Maple Leafs defensive core, and they're not the biggest group of guys. You bring in Mark Giordano for his stability on the back end, but he's not going to be there forever. Who knows what happens with Rasmus Sandin here in the next couple of weeks. Give me a guy who might have the potential to grow into a Rasmus Ristolainen who's actually good at hockey. But just a <laughs> massive human being on the blue line. You stole my pick, by the way. I have the Montreal Canadiens pick uh, 26 here. Imagine Maverick Lamoureux, or Lamoureux in Montreal as a prospect. Sell the, the jerseys he would sell alone. Oh, forget it. Hundreds of thousands of dollars of jerseys for Maverick Lamoureux. But... They, uh, they're back on the clock at 26. I think this pick is gone at some point, whether they move up or down, because they're just they're, they're, they're retooling the organization. So they're taking Yuri Kulich here, who is flying up draft boards by all accounts. One of the more NHL-ready guys. I don't think anybody, by the way, from this draft plays next year. 
But Yuri Kulich is a, uh, would be a candidate, especially with a mm-hmm. team like Montreal that could use guys, maybe not right away, but uh, playing pro hockey right now in the Czech Republic or Czechia, excuse me. Um, and and that's going. We're going Yuri Kulich there. So that puts you on the clock with the Arizona Coyotes in RD. I believe this is their third pick, or excuse me, second pick of the of the draft so far. This is their second pick, and I'm going to take Ryan Chesley here. Yep, defenseman. Good, good pick. pick. He's probably pick. probably too far down in our draft than he might end up being in real life. I think he's going to get picked higher than this. But the board works out in my favor here. If I'm Bill Armstrong, I take Ryan Chesley here and don't look back. Ryan Chesley, uh, that puts two of the of the guys uh, on your team from the U.S. National Development Program. There you go. Well, you are playing in a college in the United States, so very true. Target demographic. That puts me on the clock at 28 with the Buffalo Sabers again. I believe they keep this pick um, because of what is happening geopolitically. The Russian players have fallen in this draft, and that fall stops for Daniil Yurov. They take Yurov at 28. Uh, by all accounts, a high first-round pick if if Russia was in a different situation here. They have a pick at 41 to take a kid that, like a defenseman or, or whatever that can play sooner. It's not Russia. I, I think this is, this is where they take a flyer and say, okay, third pick of the first round, we're going to take a Russian kid. Uh, hopefully works out because that's a very good value pick if everything does NRD. I agree. I, I listen. I, I think the Russians are going to obviously fall for obvious for for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but somebody's going to take a chance, especially when you look at a team like Buffalo with three first round picks. Maybe Arizona with the pick prior that I just had with two first round picks. Look for the teams with extra first round picks in hand to take a chance on a kid that might be a top five talent in this draft. Totally agree. For issues out of their control. Um, you are on the clock. As the Edmonton Oilers, NRD, and a lot going on there with Evander Kane, a lot going on with Duncan Keith. Will he retire? I don't know. So a couple a couple things up in the air uh, for you in Edmonton, but what do you do bringing youth into your organization right now? So the Edmonton Oilers, before we go into the, to the draft pool, they've been looking at goaltenders. Obviously, Mike Smith might be retiring as well. Miko Koskinen is now playing overseas. They looked into Alexander Georgiev, and I've heard as of last night they were kicking tires on Mackenzie Blackwood of the New Jersey Devils. I, I think that New Jersey's at a spot, and Tom Fitzgerald is in a position now where they're not necessarily in a rush to move Blackwood. They'd love to keep him alongside a Billy Husso or a Jack Campbell. Um, but if they are going to rebuild that goalie depth from the ground up and everybody in the organization, then you'd, you'd move Mackenzie Blackwood to a team that's going to pay. Now, I know the Rangers held out for this pick for Alexander Georgiev to this point, and Edmonton hasn't been willing to give it up. So if they don't give the first for Georgiev, maybe they don't give it for Blackwood, and I'm assuming that Tommy Fitz wants a little bit more for a guy Mackenzie Blackwood than the Rangers are looking for for Alexander Georgiev. So who knows what happens here. I do know we have a bunch of defensemen still on the board, and I'm going with one of the defensemen. We got Liam Bischel, Owen Pickering, guys that are all probably going to sit around this area of the board, I would say. You even got Sam Rinzel. So give me one of the defensemen. I throw a dart at which one you want to pick, but I think that they can rebuild what they have on the blue line there, especially with Duncan Keith moving on to greener pastures, whether this year or next. I will give you Lee and Bixell. Give me Bixell, yeah. Um, a good pick by all accounts. So next on the clock is Winnipeg. We have three picks left, um, and I'm going uh, with Winnipeg. It's, it's They have an expensive team, right? There's a lot of guys they have to resign this year. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois is obviously sort of a, a wild card. Wheeler, Connor, Shifley, Ehlers, just uh, they, they sort of go by the Carolina 
aspect. We're not not many people making anything over eight point two five, but uh, there's a lot of guys making seven, eight, six, right? Uh, and Josh Morrissey on defense, same thing. Nate Schmidt on defense. So they're going to run into cap trouble ahead of it. I think that's why they kind of go uh, nothing like not by need here, not by not taking a flyer on a Russian because they do need help sooner than later. So I think they go with a guy like maybe an Owen Beck out of Mississauga and the OHL, a center that they can plug and play wherever, it, you know, kind of a top nine guy, and uh, hope he pans out, which puts you on the clock at 31 with Tampa. And I, I might need to steal this pick from you because Ivan Miroshenko taking a flyer on him as a Tampa Bay Lightning prospect makes screams it makes too much sense to me. So I thought he would have been a great shot for the Arizona Coyotes. You're picking at 32. Oh, uh, okay. But for here, you, you, all right, bet. I'll take him. <laughs> I have the better draft. All right, I'll take Marischenko. I don't hate that. I stole him. I stole him from him. Yeah, I think that just makes it all the sense in the world. They're, I don't they, hate it. They're going to need help in a couple of years cap-wise. They're not a crazy prospect. Oh, they usually retool through means other than the draft anyway. That's a guy that they're going to take and hope he turns into the top 10 draft pick that he was projected to be and everything works out geopolitically so that he can play for them, which leaves the Arizona Coyotes their third pick of the first round on the clock. What? Uh, how do we end the draft here? How do we end the first round, I should say, in RD? Like a seventh round prospect. Throw a real, <laughs> throw a real surprise out there. There you go. No, I, I don't know. Uh, um, you know, we always talk about the draft being like the NHL draft lags behind in the NFL draft in terms of you're not going to see these guys Correct. for, for yep. three or four years. And I don't think, to your point, I don't think we're going to see anyone, even Shane Wright. I don't think we're going to see anybody from this draft play in the NHL for more than 10 games this season. Could be wrong, but that's what I feel. So here, I think you take a project. You have a guy that's on there on the board right now and Sam Rinzel of the USHL who size, speed, everything kind of an unknown a little bit younger than most of the class and if you're the arizona coyotes you can afford to take those chances if you're bill armstrong also a uh, high school guy high school guy exactly so i think uh there you go three americans for the arizona coyotes trying to build a culture there are you nrd i am there you go uh that's fun man that's a good time i i like doing mock drafts i know uh we'll see how how they go but man alive it, it it's very exciting stuff. Very, very exciting stuff. I agree. Dredge tweeting, by the way, lots of speculation linking Chikrin to the second pick and maybe Ottawa's seventh. Senators seem less likely because of their left D situation, but anything is possible. Devils could use Chikrin. So that's going to marinate all day today. Our, our mock draft, we tried to throw some trades in there, but it will no doubt be just completely um, just completely out of out of sorts by tonight, but that's why that's why we do things like this, right? NRD. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, things are so fluid. This, like, to your point, the Darren Drager tweet that just comes out. I don't think the New Jersey Devils are going to move number two for Jacob Chikrin. Yep. But stranger things have happened. Sure. And uh, you know, we'll see how it plays out tonight. Things are very fluid. I'm not leaving Twitter. I'll be on Twitter throughout the day. We'll be on there through there. The show account. You'll be seeing content all day. Maybe I'll do a little uh, Twitter Spaces later. We'll Ooh, see what goes on. Go. Maybe we'll, uh, we'll see what we can do later. Well, enjoy the day, NRD. I know your ears will be to the ground, as will mine. Look out on Twitter. Look out on Instagram. Look out wherever you consume cold stove. It's a busy day for NRD. Very. And um, looking forward to it, man. Enjoy the draft. This will be fun. We'll see you next week. Very fun. See you guys next week.